Welcome to Wealth Made Simple with Shaz, where you'll learn how to master your money through business, property, and tax-saving strategies. Your host has collectively helped his clients make tens of millions of pounds in additional profits through these strategic approaches to business. Introducing Shaz Nawaz, an award-winning chartered accountant, property tax expert, entrepreneur, and property investor. So there's three important questions that you ought to be asking yourself when looking at tax planning. The first one is, is it legal? Because at no point ever is it worth doing something illegal. Simply because A, it's wrong. Secondly, I can assure you, you'll get caught out. I've seen too many cases in the last 25 years where people come to me with a tax bill, and when you look into it, they were just plain stupid. They should have just paid the tax in the first place. They haven't paid it. I've got one guy right now uh, called me up. He's doing rent to SA, by the way, doing really well got a million pounds in his bank account, cash, profit, and he's paid no tax in the last two years. Made two million quid, uh, made a million pounds, well, made more than a million pounds, but he's got a million pounds cash, profit, in his bank account, no tax paid. Guy's nuts, mad, can't be helped. Uh, so, never do anything illegal, and by the way, HMRC love picking on property investors. So every, I don't know, two to three years, They'll pick one particular area, could be Kent, could be Norfolk, could be anywhere, could be Hull, okay, and they'll target buy to let landlords. Do it all the time, and they'll make a ton of money, because there's a lot of people out there who own anywhere from one to five properties, sometimes more, okay, they think they're quite clever, and they don't declare any of the profit. Okay, and then HMRC come in, make them pay the tax. On top of that, then they ask for the questions, how did you afford to buy the property? With these people, they've usually paid cash, or paid, or paid a cash deposit, can't prove where it came from, so they tax them on that, then they, then they charge them a penalty, usually 100%, and then they charge interest on the tax, so where they would have paid, let's say, I don't know, 3,000 pounds a year, and they've not paid it for five years, so it would have been a 15,000 pounds tax bill, ended up becoming a 75,000 pound tax bill. It isn't worth it, it really isn't worth it. So that's number one. Number two, is it effective? So is, is what you're doing, okay, effective in terms of how much money you spend on it, versus how much money you're going to make. The reason why I point this out is I've come across people where they've paid anywhere from a thousand pounds to fifty thousand pounds for advice and the tax saving on that is, is a lot less. Now that might not sound plausible to you or very practical but it happens. So that's number two. And number three, is it acceptable? So you're going to answer the, the, the third question, acceptable to whom? Who, who should your tax planning be acceptable to. Motiul, because you came in late, you can start off. Anybody else? Uh, HMRC. Sorry? HMRC. HMRC. So you both said HMRC. How do we decide if, if HMRC will find it acceptable? Uh, the law, legislation. We're going to go down that path in a minute. I'll leave it to my accountant. Okay. You, sir. The law. I've got a tax accountant who understands it inside out. Mm -hmm. So I follow his advice. Okay. So, have you ever asked your accountant a question and he sent an email to you with a link to HMRC's website? A few times. Okay. He says, have a read of this. Who makes the, apart from you, because you'll know the answer, who makes the laws in this country? Who writes the laws in this country? Government. 
the government. government yeah. yeah. And what's HMRC's job? Advise the government. Okay. What what else do they do apart from that? Harvest money from the government. Harvest money from the government. Okay. So when the government writes tax laws, what do HMRC do? Before they implement it? Who said that? Yeah, you're right. So HMRC interpret the law, the rules, and then they, they, they share that interpretation on their website. Do they share that interpretation, Ross, based on what's fair and right and acceptable, or based on how much money they can harvest from you, me, and everybody else? Maximum. Maximum money. Okay. Uh, so. If your tax advisor ever sends you a link to HMRC's uh, link, uh, website again, you ought to ask him, is that the actual rules or is that just HMRC's interpretation? He should come back to you and say to you, that's HMRC's interpretation and say, go back to the law then and tell me what you think. Okay? Because uh, that happens all too often. All too often. If you take nothing away from this uh, course today, take away the fact that just because it's on HMRC's website, it doesn't mean it's the rules or it's the law. That's what, how they interpret it. This is why we've got a system here where we have a, a first-year tribunal, upper tribunal, court, court of appeal, so on and so forth, because HMRC aren't always right. I can tell you now, uh, they, when they go to tribunal, they lose as many cases as they win. Yeah. So don't be fearful of challenging HMRC. And while we're here right now, uh, if you don't have tax inquiry insurance, it's worth paying for that. If you're a member of the Federation of Small Businesses, I think they, had, they charge you about 175 quid a year to, to be a member. They give you the insurance. If not, you can buy it through your accountant. It's probably about 100 pounds, well worth having. You get 75,000 pounds worth of protection if you're a tax inquiry, which means you can have a good tax advisor, a barrister or a KC. You speak QC, but that's a KC. Uh, and uh, they can help and support you. So it, it's well worth doing. So the answer to question number three really is, Motiul, you were right. Is it acceptable to you? Can you sleep at night? Are you confident that the rules that you've applied, okay, are the rules as they ought to be? And if you're happy with that, absolutely. If you think you're going to please HMRC, you're never going to please them, by the way. Because uh, they're, they're never going to be happy. Because, I mean, I've heard of cases when, when they've come in, I've never had this, by the way, but they've come in to, to look at the affairs of a taxpayer uh, and the accountant gives them all the information uh, and the, the person sits there, sits there and just keeps going through everything and says, I'm not going to leave until I find something. Mm. Happens often. Yeah. They do it. And, and the good thing about VAT, by the way, is if they come in, they usually spend about two or three hours, look for stuff, they don't find anything, they'll probably go away. With a tax inquiry, it takes months, sometimes years, and they just ask you a question again and again and again, because simply, what, they have their own internal targets, which we don't know about. But if they're getting paid, say, £40,000 a year, they're going to bring in £250,000 worth of income. So they're going to sit there and they're going to find reasons and excuses to get money out of us. That's how the system works. If anybody's naive to that, okay, now you, now you know better. Yeah, that's uh, their job. Isn't there a threshold, though, they look at their cost to follow an inquiry yeah. and, you know, say their cost is five grand, unless they're going to make six, they wouldn't bother. You're shaking your head. Yeah, I don't think they work like that. They, they, they're not accountable for what they spend. They, they'll get counsel and lawyers and solicitors for minimal amounts, really. Generally. Do you have a view on that? Not at the moment. <laughs> Isn't it like a, a bit of a shock factor that if they can 
find amongst um, like a small group somebody who hasn't quite done their accounts properly, and then it shakes everyone else up going, oh, bugger, if they found him, then they might find me. And they tend to then find in a particular area if they let all these other little people come out of the woodwork and start paying more money as well. Yep, that, that works well. What I will say is the HMRCS, uh, like everyone else, is responsible back to uh, the Treasury and they have to, it's still public money they're spending, so they can't just fritter away on solicitors no. and everything else. No, you, yeah, I understand that, but I, I, I don't think they always do a cost-benefit analysis on the case. They have to be yeah. yeah. So, if you ever have, um, have been unfortunate, and I hope you haven't, to have a tax inquiry, or if you go into their website, uh, they use the word random. So they say, we pick out people's tax returns, because it's called self-assessment. So you assess yourself. So it's process now, check later, by the way. So you can put whatever figures you like on your, on your tax return. At some point in the future, HMRC might look at them. So they lead us to believe, by the way, that they, they'll pick out your name by chance, by random, OK? Yeah. Uh, I can assure you it's anything but random. So they have a risk assessment team that sits down, goes to your file, and then looks at uh, everything you've done. And they have, have access to a lot of information, a lot. And then they'll, they'll assess your income, your expenditure, how many properties you've bought, how many mortgages you've had, how many loans you've had, how much you've paid off in terms of loans. And then, then they'll work out from there, are we going to make any money from this chap? If the answer is yes, they'll look further. If the answer is no, they want to open an inquiry. Okay, so they have a, they have a team that pre-assesses the case. So when an inspector comes to you, they know about 90% of what they need to know. Yeah, but 10% is how do you run your business? What's happened? Are there any particular transactions we can go through? And again, as a side note, if you're ever in that situation, the only one advice I can give you is do not lie. Just tell them the truth. Because they are going to find the truth anyway. And if you lie to them, they're going to charge you a much bigger penalty. So just, just say, this is what happened, this is how it happened. Be honest with them. And I, I can assure you from experience, uh, of having obviously acted for lots of people. If you're honest with them, they prefer that approach because they can't be bothered to kind of go around the houses. Uh, they'll take it easy on you. If you lie to them, they'll give you a much bigger penalty. So they assess cases uh, before uh, they pick, a, pick out an inquiry. Cindy? I, one thing I do know, especially with the speaker bureaus, when they do do a tax um, analysis, they're sometimes not after you, but they're also after the person that you're doing business with. So if you're an SA in our in this situation, they might be actually after a company that's used your organisation a lot to do business. Yeah. So that's why they take a lot longer because they used to come in like every year for five years and go yeah. through the books, and it wasn't us they were after; it was the people we were doing business yeah. with. Yeah. And that happens a lot too. So they'll pick an inquiry into a particular person, look at one or two of their customers or one or two of their suppliers, check them out and say, well, hold a minute, there's some more tax to be made here. So that happens quite a lot. One inquiry leads to another five or 10 or 15. Uh, so I've seen that quite a bit as well, and you're right. Oh, sometimes they could be going after booking.com, Airbnb, whatever, exactly. and look at all of their. Airbnb um, is being hit because of the amount of people that are yeah. putting their rooms out. And in actual fact, it's they're either under an illegal um, subletting um, where it's actually a council house and they're sub um, selling it out for, they're also doing where it's rent to rent and they're not on the right mortgage for the owner as well. 
And the bigger problem we're going to have for all those people who do SA, although we're not going to go into it because it'll, it'll take too long, is you've got two different tax rules. So most people who are doing SA fit into the furnished holiday let rules, okay, where you, you've got to meet certain thresholds and criteria. Uh, and then you've got proper service accommodation, which I liken to a bed and breakfast or a guest house. Most people out there who are doing SA are using the rules of a guest house or a bed and breakfast, but there should be a furnished holiday let business. So they don't meet those rules. So at some point in the near future, I think you'll see a lot of inquiries into service accommodation. I think a lot of people are gonna have a lot of problems because people are claiming capital allowances, they're making pension contributions. Uh, Section 24 doesn't affect you if you have an SA or a FHL business, but you've got to meet the rules. And because people are using the wrong rules, they're going to have major problems. On top of that, uh, there are people who are using TOMS, the Tor Operators Margin Scheme, for, for when they have income of more than £85,000 because they're going to pay VAT. And in most cases, TOMS doesn't apply. So there's a big ticking time bomb at some point in the future. So if you are doing SA, make sure if you're not using the FHL rules that you are providing other services. And if you're using TOMS, uh, that TOMS actually applies to you. Yeah? Uh, three years ago, when I was asking HMRC about a particular situation, say this person here running this particular uh, SA business, TOMS applies to them, can you confirm? They'd come back and say yes or no. TOMS. TOMS, Tor Operators Margin Scheme. This is where people who are running service accommodations, Cindy, uh, they can pay less VAT. So they only pay VAT on their margin as opposed to the uh, gross income. Uh, but you've got to meet certain criteria. And Is that something you're covering today? Because I'm very interested in that. With the no, because that would take like two hours to talk about just about TOMS. But three years ago, they'd give me an opinion. Right now, their response is, the law is very clear, okay? Read the law, interpret it. If you're having a problem interpreting it, tell us which part of the law you can't understand, and we'll talk to you further. So basically saying, we're not giving you any advice. Um, when you say, um, you know, you have to choose the right you know, um, way of paying tax, so would you get your accountant to do that? Would you explain to them, um, this is what I want to do? and then they would advise you on you know, what sort of rules to follow for tax? Yeah, absolutely. So I had a, a call with somebody on Monday, uh, and she's doing SA by the way, and she said, her accountant said, okay, buy your SA units through one company, and then once you get to about 75,000 pounds, okay, then open a second company, okay, and run your SA through that, then once you get to another 75 grand, get do a third one. That's not how VAT works, by the way, okay? Uh, because if, you, if you've got two companies, okay, with the same people, and or, or, or one or more people are linked to two or more companies, then that income is added together for VAT purposes. Okay, because otherwise everybody would have three or four companies. Uh, so you've got to pay the VAT together. So sometimes an accountant might not give you the right answer. So you've got to bu bu be sure you choose somebody, like our friend over here, uh, that the accountant understands the particular sector you're in, but usually the answer is yes. So would you um, advise that basically you start your uh, company, is at that point is to look for an accountant rather than start your, doing your deals and then six months down the line you're like, okay, well let me find someone now. 
Yeah, absolutely. Start from day one because they'll give you the advice then in terms of your, your business structure, okay? Whether it should be a sole trader, partnership, LLP, limited company, whether you should have other people involved, whether you should give shares to your children, and then take into account what's important to you. Are you buying? Are you selling? Are you flipping? Uh, are you refinancing? Uh, are you looking to pass your estate to your children? That type of stuff. Have you got any, any key employees or people who are working with you? Should they have shares? So it's a whole host of things that you, you ought to do before the event, because if you do it after the event, it's going to be costly. And that's the, the challenge with tax. Once something's happened, we can't go back and change it. So you've got to do it well before. So I'd say, if you don't have any property, talk to an accountant now. Yeah? Are you going to cover company structures and group holding companies and things like that? Mm -hmm. those, those are big things. I'm going to cover some general stuff for you that people ought to know at the start. Okay? Then I'll talk about how you can find out about all that stuff as well. Does the, does the same apply for the, the, where people obviously try to then split um, VAT by having different companies for SA? Does the same apply yes. for flipping if you're doing different with different partners for different houses or for VAT purposes? VAT, yeah. Okay, so when you sell a property, my friend, do you charge VAT? Yeah. Uh, no, no. Sorry, no, I don't. I don't. So it doesn't apply. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the. You, you only ever charge VAT on property if it's a commercial property, they have an option to tax. Uh, that may or may not apply, but if you're flipping houses, there's no VAT. So, so you can have 10 different companies with 10 different people, no problem. Yeah? It's only when you have two or more companies doing the same trade and you're trying to escape VAT. It gets aggregated. So for flips, you're okay. Thanks for listening to Wealth Made Simple. You can follow and contact Shaz on the Facebook pages Entrust Property Tax and The Profits Wizard. You can also find Shaz on LinkedIn, YouTube and Instagram. Alternatively, email him at shaz at aa-accountants.co.uk. Build your wealth by mastering money.